0: 11 Stanley Cup champions. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 34 on 32, brought to you by LNS Radio. I'm Mike, joined alongside by Jason, as always, and we have a great show for you this week. Now the Stanley Cup Finals is over. There's a lot of news and rumors circulating with the NHL draft, with free agency looming just roughly a week and a half, two weeks away. So there's a lot of stuff and rumors to get to. But uh, Jason, let's talk about the Stanley Cup first. Um, We haven't talked about it since last week with Jimmy Murphy, but that was when Game 6 was. And uh, obviously we we haven't talked about it since Game 6. And Pittsburgh came out in Game 6 and won the Stanley Cup. And I figured the Sharks would take it to seven. Obviously, I was wrong, and I just think Pittsburgh just came out and dominated that series. I think they were the more aggressive team. They seemed like they wanted it more. Uh, they were blocking shots. They were playing defense. They were scoring timely goals. It just seemed like everything the Sharks did just didn't work. Pittsburgh came to play, and you know what? I I, gave, I took my hat to Pittsburgh. I never see Pittsburgh as the type of team to grind it out and grind out victories and, you know, push the play pushed the pace, you know. Earlier on this year, the Pittsburgh was struggling. They came in hot after you know a, a really good March, and then you know they had Mark Andre Fleury, their number one goaltender, on the bench for Matt Murray. They lost Trevor Daley, a defenseman. You know Malkin was battling injury and came back during the playoffs. It just seemed Pittsburgh found their groove and that brought them all the way to those Stanley Cup Finals.
1: Yeah, you know what? You have to wonder if. If it wasn't for Matt Murray being put in net, if the Pittsburgh would have made it that far to the playoffs and if the goaltending change really made a huge difference, that Murray being that calming influence for the team and the team played well around him. I thought I give Pittsburgh credit when it's too. Pittsburgh played great.
0: They played unbelievable.
1: I tipped my hat to them for sure. I mean, good for them to come out there and they were the underdogs. They had something to prove. And, you know, with Matt Murray being the goaltender, what a great job and congrats to them.
0: Absolutely, congrats to them. Um, the one thing I have, I have a complaint with is Sidney Crosby winning the Conn Smythe. I thought it should have went to Phil Kessel or Chris Letang. Chris Letang was playing thirty minutes a tonight, thirty minutes. He was playing half the game, every game in the in the Cup Finals. <laughs> I thought Phil Kessel had the most points. I thought he was the most dominant forward that Pittsburgh had. And I get it, Crosby played well. He did. I'm not saying he didn't play well, but he wasn't producing. You know, what does he, he win in the Conn Smythe for? For playing solid defensively? For winning face-offs? I'm sorry, I don't, I don't believe in that logic. I think Phil Kessel, Chris Letang, or even Matt Murray deserved it over Sidney Crosby. And I feel like the writers, the hockey writers that vote on it, just gave it to Crosby because Crosby is a great player. They wanted Crosby to have a Conn Smythe because when Pittsburgh won the Cup last time, Malkin won the Conn Smythe. And I feel like for Crosby to be considered one of the great players of all time, he needs to win a con Smythe. And I feel like that's the only reason that Crosby won a con Smythe.
1: You know, I agree. I think Phil Kessel and Matt Murray de- deserved it more. Um, I didn't have a chance to watch the entire series. And yes, I know everybody's going to give Sidney Crosby the con Smythe because of his name alone. That, that, to me, is how it seems. But I thought Phil Kessel deserved it. Phil Kessel stepped up the entire playoffs. And he really made a name for himself. And that's the difference between... Phil Kessel, and Joe Thornton.
0: It is, and and it's tough for the Sharks now because you look at it and you're like, they were known as a notorious choking team. They got to the Stanley Cup Finals, and I'm not going to say they choked in the Finals because Pittsburgh played unbelievable, like we just said. They wanted it more. It seemed like Pittsburgh had the advantage with speed. They had the advantage with firepower on offense. It just seemed like Pittsburgh had their way with San Jose. But it's another lost opportunity for Joe Thornton, and he's not getting any younger. He's getting up no he's getting up there in age and I'm just I don't think the Joe Thornton's ever gonna win a cup now. I think this was his best chance and he, he and he didn't blow it, but it didn't he didn't get it done.
1: He, correct. And I'm gonna be honest and say this. I do not think San Jose choked. I do not think that at all. I do not think that at all. I just think Pittsburgh played better. Pittsburgh wanted it more. And you know, for San Jose to have that cup experience is great. They're, they're, they're Joe Thornton's time is dwindling I give him a year or two If the Sharks can come back next year or the year later But I don't see I, I'm with you I have a hard time seeing Joe Thornton having a chance at winning a cup
0: Because it's hard as hell to get the back-to-back Stanley Cups It's really hard it's, it's, it's
1: impossible Like I don't see them getting back next year But possibly the year later Especially
0: with how good the Western Conference is You know, you, have, you still have all the, the, the You still have Chicago You still have LA You still have Anaheim You know, St. Louis is still there you, Dallas is getting better Nashville's getting better. There's a lot of good teams in the West. No one even picked the San Jose Sharks to come out of the Western Conference. That's how good the Western Conference was.
1: Mike, I mean, you can cross off Pittsburgh and San Jose for next year making it to the Cup. It's just you don't you don't see that happen anymore.
0: It's just, yeah, it just doesn't really happen in the NHL. Usually, like like when the uh, when the Bruins played Chicago in 2013, you know, the next year it was L.A. and the New York Rangers.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy how that works, but you know, I give it that two year period where you see teams like LA that come in every other year.
0: And I, um, I just feel like someone in the East is going to be able to take take out Pittsburgh too, because I mean, can Matt Murray, you know, repeat the same things he was doing? Can Pittsburgh's you know defense hold up? It's just a lot, there's a lot of question marks, and obviously there's a whole off season to see who makes the moves here and there, but. I just don't, like you said, I don't really see them getting back to the Senegal Finals.
1: No, I, it's dwindling. I have hope that they will, that they'll pull off a Cinderella story like they did again. But, you know, Marlowe's getting older. They, they might not do it under Joe Thornton being there, but you could see that, I could see the shots with like Logan Couture and Tomas Hurdle, which I think losing Hurdle made a difference.
0: It did, yeah. They lost, him at, they lost him at the game too, and he, and the, you know, the coach of the Sharks, Peter DeBoer, kept saying he's day-to-day, he's day-to-day, but there were reports sw- swirling around that he was going to miss the entire Stanley Cup Finals, and I think that was a big blow, but I also think Thornton and, and Pavelski didn't play well. They didn't really have any points. Pavelski's only goal was an empty net goal. I mean, you need your big guys to step up, and they just didn't
1: no exactly which is why i could see the sharks coming back like 3 or 4 years down the road but by then joe thornton will be long gone
0: yeah it's just, it's just joe i don't think joe thornton's ever going to win a cup now as as unfortunate as to say you know he's been one of the great players he's been known as a choke artist his entire career to known as not a leader he got his captaincy stripped from him in san jose he got traded from the bruins because the bruins didn't believe he was a leader and it's just unfortunate for joe thornton because he is a great guy he is a good player and the for Bruins fans, you know, I know a lot of Bruins fans were rooting for Joe Thornton over Phil Kessel. But Phil Kessel got the Stanley Cup. And there's one interesting thing I want to bring up with Phil Kessel with the Stanley Cup is...
1: I wonder if you and I are thinking quietly the same way about Phil Kessel. So I want to hear your point and see if, if, see if we're thinking the same way.
0: I'm happy for Phil Kessel. I thought he proved himself this postseason. And, you know, the Bruins got rid of him. Rightfully so. I'm not saying the Bruins didn't deserve to get rid of them. They got he got rid of them. The Bruins got a really good return for him, and then he got sent to Toronto. And I think a lot of the problems in Toronto were placed on Phil Kessel. And I don't think that was fair because I don't think one player deserves all the blame in one city. And obviously Toronto is a crazy hockey market. They they're dying for you know a playoff run or Stanley Cup run, and rightfully so. Every team wants that when you're an NHL fan. But I just think that he, there was too much pressure on him in Toronto. So he, he goes to Pittsburgh, he wins a cup, and I'm just curious if he's going to bring the Stanley Cup to Toronto. Because
1: of- See, I, th- I thought you and I were thinking on the same page because I was thinking that when he got traded to Toronto, he was automatically put up as the face of the franchise at that point, which is a load of pressure on any player. But for Toronto, it's even worse, and he was not a good fit in Toronto the way that he was being used. Pittsburgh, viewed- Pittsburgh utilized Phil Kessel's skill in the right way. Phil Kessel's matured over the time he's been in the NHL the last 10 years. He's Phil Kessel's going to be in Pittsburgh the rest of his career, the way he's going. Uh, he seems like he's happy in Pittsburgh, and I feel like, you know, Toronto made Phil Kessel the fate of the franchise. And, yes, otherwise Bruins fans would love to hate on Phil Kessel. you got to give the guy credit when it's due.
0: Yeah, he, he had pretty much a point per game in the playoffs. I don't know how you can say he played bad, you know. He didn't. He, he played great. Yeah, he's been a point per game in the playoff guy for his whole career, pretty much. And yes, as much as, you know, sometimes he doesn't play defense or he slacks off, it doesn't matter. Phil Kessel is a Stanley Cup champion, and you cannot take that away from him. And I just wonder if he's going to take the cup to Toronto and, you know, kind of like rub it in their faces a little bit, you know? Like, you guys traded me, you didn't believe in me, you put too much pressure on me, and now look at me. The year after you traded me, I'm a Stanley Cup champion.
1: Yeah, I'm sure those world, that World Cup roster wants Phil Kessel on its roster now.
0: Yeah, no kidding. And that's another thing that we talked about. Where I, Even when it happened, I said, how are you going to leave Phil Kessel off the roster? You're telling me he's not one of the 25 best Americans? And
1: You're, you're telling me that his, his reputation, which isn't that bad, you're, you're going to leave him off the roster for it? Because I think they left him off the roster for his reputation.
0: Yeah, but I understand that. But he was in the Olympics last time, and was, he was on the line with JBR and Pavelski, and I thought it was the best American line in the tournament.
1: No, I agree. And I think that's why, you know, the Team USA gypped Phil Kessel.
0: They did. That. And then, yeah, they really did. And um, so, congratulations, Pittsburgh Penguins. They are the 2016 Stanley Cup champions. And now it is on to the 2017 season. And before we get into, you know, all the rumors and stuff, I just wanted to touch on this quickly, Jason. This past week, it was the five year anniversary for the Boston Bruins winning the Stanley Cup finals in Vancouver. And what a moment it was for all Bruins fans. I mean, beating Vancouver in Game 7 in Vancouver. I remember the city of Boston was going crazy. I mean, that was probably one of the most electric times to be in Boston in that whole playoff run, which is unbelievable. And I just wanted to touch touch on that quickly, too, as, as, you know, it was five years ago today. And it was what a moment it was.
1: You know, I remember a lot of those moments from the Stanley Cup. And I was going through the highlights the other day. You know, the, uh, Brad Marshall made a name for himself that year. I mean, he was still young. He was still the past that he was, but what a name did he make for himself with those battles he had with Burroughs and Tim Thomas with Alex Burroughs. how Alex Burroughs was one of those hated figures in that cup, and then you look at what Aaron Rome did and him being suspended with Nathan Horton, and it all came together for the Bruins, and it's sad to see what's happened to the Bruins since.
0: It is really sad to see what happened to the Bruins since because I feel like they were just, you know, winning a cup they had, Sagan just drafted. They had another top 10 pick coming on the way. Their core they had was leadership intact. in Mark Rucky. Yeah, no, Mark Rickey retired. He said he was going to retire after that season, no matter what.
1: But they still had that leadership. Even though he retired, they still had that leadership for that Cup, which was Martin. I did not think they would oh, have yeah, won that Cup. The,
0: yeah, for the Cup, they had that leadership. I'm saying for the next year, it seemed like everything was going right in place. Like Mark Rucky retired, but you had someone stepping right in for him. You know, You had... Tim Thomas and you had two Rask right behind him. You had
1: Sean Thornton, who was an emotional leader. You had Johnny Boychuk. You had Andrew Ference, who were all emotional leaders. And
0: yeah, you just seem to have everything in place to, you know, in the future to to keep sustaining this. And then obviously they went back to the Cup in 2013. But you know how times have fallen since then, and now the Bruins have missed the playoffs in two straight years. We don't know what direction this team is going in, and it's tough to be a Bruins fan now five years down the road. You know, you didn't see this coming. You thought the Bruins were going to be competing for the next few years. You know, they had a franchise piece in Sagan. They had they just drafted Dougie Hamilton. You had two graphs replacing, you know, Tim Thomas. It just seemed like everything was put in place for the Bruins, and management screwed it up, and now here we are today, wondering and, what and the Mike, Bruins are
1: going to And, Mike, you just, just hit the nail on the head because you just said, made the comment, we don't know which direction the Bruins are headed. And I think, and this is why I still, I'm gonna go back to it. After talking to Jimmy Murphy, I think I know which direction this team is headed. It's not a good one, but I think I know which direction it's headed.
0: I mean, do you, and I don't feel comfortable with that with the way his team's where this team's going. I don't.
1: No, it's it's not. Oh, I agree with that completely. But you know, that that was the benefit of having Jimmy Murphy on last week and how the insight that he gave us and. I'm still in awe over that interview because you know, we, we have that we can we we can change our insights ourselves a little bit from what Jimmy Murphy gave us and it's not a good direction. It doesn't seem like it's a great direction. It seems like management, the ownership is trying is focused on just getting to the playoffs and it's gonna be a long few years until ownership changes.
0: Yeah, I mean I don't think ownership is ever gonna change. I think the, the problem with the Bruins is down to you can't do the plan he had, and also all the moves he made last year, I don't think have worked out, and Jimmy Murphy talked about this too, you know Don, is Don Sweeney going to have, Don Sweeney has a plan but is that plan going to be rushed now because he has pressure to make the playoffs because they do have pressure to make the playoffs, they missed the playoffs the past two but, years But, D- Mur-
1: Murphy said this too what does Don Sweeney care Sweeney's just doing what he can because he'll probably use this job to catapult himself to another job
0: Yeah, he probably will, but you know He's gonna be facing pressure. I mean, he he grew up playing in Boston. I'm sure he doesn't want to get fired right away from his second year in from the the job he just got. So I mean, there's still pressure on him.
1: Oh, uh, absolutely, still pressure. I agree with that completely. But I, you kind of feel like you know, ownership setting this team up to fail.
0: And I just think they're gonna look at it as, oh, we were we were one point away from the playoffs instead of looking at the fact, like Jimmy Murphy said, that this team is not that good.
1: And, and that's why it's very insightful when we had Jimmy Murphy on. I'm hoping to get him on again sometime soon. I right, well, he, he gave us that insight that we needed.
0: It's just crazy how times have changed in Boston around, the Boston, around the Boston Bruins and the focus of this team, where no one feels comfortable with this team anymore. No one knows what, what direction this team's going. Everyone's, you know, bashing the coach, bashing the management, bashing the players. It's just five years ago today when they were in the Cup, it just seems... Crazy. Not
1: today, but five years ago this week. Not today,
0: yeah, but five years ago, it just seems craziness that the Bruins won a cup five years ago, and just baffling. I I don't know what this team is doing. You know, they just re-signed Kevin Miller, but there are reports out there, Jason, that Dennis Seidenberg is being actively shopped and or could be bought out. And to be honest, this has to be done. Dennis Seidenberg has lost his step. I don't. You have to bring in someone else. I and this. is... Yeah. I'm not saying there's a ton of great players out there in free agency for defensemen, but you know, Dennis Steinberg has lost it. He has been playing for this team for quite some time now. You know, he's been the number two defenseman behind Chara. He's been a warrior. I understand that. You know, he, he just got he just got hurt in knee surgery. He hurt his back. I just can't see Dennis Seinberg becoming a solid player again. He's getting up there in age. He has two years left. And I just think Dennis Seinberg's contract is too much for the Bruins to handle right now. You have to get him off the and- team and get someone younger and that could play more, and I just think Sadenberg's toast. He's done. Mike, can
1: I build off this? Because this might lead to a little bit of a longer discussion, but I think it's time to really, you know, give. I want to give another piece of news that's going to relate to Dennis Sidenberg in a big way because it's going to relate to the no-movement clauses in the NHL. This week, the NHL announced that they're adding Las Vegas as an expansion team. And this is news for not just ruins every team in the NHL because you have a lot of these players with those new no-movement classes that you want to try to get rid of because of the fact that those are the players you have to save in those first eight spots.
0: Yeah, but that's, is that guaranteed, though?
1: That's from what I've heard that it's guaranteed that
0: Las Vegas is getting Yeah, I heard it. they didn't have the expansion stuff ready yet and how they were going to do the rosters. they were like they definitely expanding, but they didn't have like a set-in-stone plan yet for how the rosters are going to be protected and okay like I, I
1: i haven't heard that you might i haven't heard all that news you might be you're probably right about that i'm not gonna argue that point but just in case if it's the plan that we've heard the uh, yeah no movement causes it will affect the ruins if that becomes final
0: yeah exactly and that's one of the and then Simon will be protected on this team and the other team can't take him so it just you look at it and you say you gotta find a way to, to get rid of him now
1: you gotta get a find a way to get rid of a few of these no movement causes now Otherwise, it affects the team going into next year. David Krejci being one of them. As much as I like David Krejci, I think David Krejci is one of those players who is going to have to go at some point too because of his health. Char too. I you mean, want- there's a bunch of other, there's a few other players on this team that you could save over the players that have the new movement classes at the moment. That's just my, that, that's my point. If that, if it plays out the way that we think it could play out.
0: Yeah, and I just think the Bruins. I just think Sweeney. Do it at the draft, Don. Trade him for like a fifth round pick. I don't care. Just get Don Sweeney. I mean, no, Don, don't get Don Sweeney. Get Dennis Seidenberg off this team. Bring in someone younger. And also, you know. And also, you know, that you can teach and groom into a better defenseman. Dennis Seidenberg is 34, or 35 years old. He's not getting any better. I'm sorry.
1: You've got, got you've got Brandon Carwell getting ready to come up.
0: Yeah, and he's injury prone. Trade Seidenberg
1: or get rid of Seidenberg and let Brandon Carlo Give Brandon Carwell a shot. You know, what do they have to lose? You have a young player who's going to have to learn at some point.
0: Well, that's the thing. I don't think they're going to play the young defenseman. I mean, he just signed his first pro contract. He hasn't really played in the minors yet. I don't think they're going to rush the kid, but.
1: I'm not uh, saying they'll rush him up for the start of the season.
0: But, I, but No, I'm sure, they I'm sure should sign one. Experience. Sign something. Sign a depth defenseman. You but here's a depth here's defenseman my point with to that
1: because you have one If he's playing well in Providence, they'll bring him up midseason.
0: Yeah, they'll bring him up, but I don't know. You could sign a, you know, a depth defenseman to replace Dennis Seidenberg for. I mean, there you have it, and Kevin Miller. You put Kevin Miller, Kevin Miller and Adam McQuaid can, can make up for Dennis Seidenberg playing on the bottom pair. I mean, Dennis Seidenberg oh, no, is I not a top four defenseman anymore. So, I mean, you get rid of Dennis Seidenberg, you, go, you shoot for the defenses and try and get you know, a few top-four defensemen and a number-one defenseman. If you get rid of Seidenberg, though, I'm all for it. He's over. It's toast for him. I, I can't see him becoming the elite defenseman he was when the Bruins were making cup runs. It's not happening anymore.
1: But my question is, and we're going to talk about this as we go too, are there going to be any top four defensemen on the market or anything? Because you're watching these teams in the NHL, like Sammy Vaughn and we were talking about last week. He just got signed. Jacob True by the Winnipeg trying to sign. Tyson Berry is now off because Colorado wants to keep him. Are there going to be any of those players out? And will this plan work for Don Sweeney? And it doesn't sound like it's going to. Yeah,
0: well, So yeah. there's going
1: to have to be an alternative. And they're, not going to really, they're going to be strapped. They're not going to have much of a choice.
0: Well, he has, to get aggress- he has to get aggressive and get creative and find something there. But the last piece of Bruins that I don't want to touch on quickly before we get to the other stuff is that Louis Erickson is reportedly waiting for the Bruins to offer him another contract extension. And I say... I was just going to bring that up. And I say, you know what, Don Sweeney? Keep him waiting. I don't care about Louis Erickson. I don't. We don't know. Why are you going to sign him? You know, Jimmy Murphy said last week it was a colossal mistake for the Bruins to keep him. You know, those reports that they could have Shattenkirk. Reports, you could have, you know, gotten some draft picks for him. I mean, I just don't see how you can keep Louis Erickson. You've missed the playoffs with Louis Erickson the past two years. I'm sorry, you signed Louis Erickson, he makes your team a little bit better, not much better. He's not a difference maker. You know, he's gonna score 25 goals, and you know, I'm sure he'll, you know, get his points and he'll be fine. But I'm sorry, Louis Erickson is not a difference maker. He's he doesn't belong on this team anymore. You don't want to overextend yourself for Louis Erickson, you know, he doesn't do anything great. Does not even do anything special. He's not a player you look at and say he's a must-have on your team. He's not a particularly Bergeron. I would even say he's not even Brad Marshan. So you can get rid of you can get by without Louis Erickson. Let him go. Let another team overpay him and extend him. I don't care where he goes. You're not gonna get Don't go. let
1: him go. Trade his contract rights. Get next to nothing out of like you did with Carl Soderbergh. You're not
0: gonna get any, you're not gonna get. I mean, if you get Louis Erick, like if Louis Erickson goes to another team in the Eastern Conference. You're not going to look at it and say, oh, Louie Erickson's going to kill us today. I'm sorry. You're going to look it's at it and shrug your shoulders.
1: I'd like to see his Bruins trading for any kind of draft pick they can get at this point. You're supposed to get something out of it.
0: Yeah, it's not going to happen. I'm sorry. So, Don Sweeney, keep him waiting or trade his rights. Don't make us deal with the signing of Louie Erickson. Because I think if you sign Louis Erickson, the whole city of Boston might put their head through a window.
1: Well, I think the whole city Boston is pointing their head through the window anyway. Not like it's going to be
0: That's definitely true, but it would be, I think the whole body would go out the window if he signs Louis Erickson.
1: (laughs) I'm jumping off off the Sagamore Bridge if that happens. Yeah,
0: like, no one one wants this team to suck. That's why the Bruins fans are so passionate and they're so great, because everyone wants this team to succeed. But I feel like Boston is a pretty good um, hockey place to generalize talent and know what this team needs. And obviously, this team needs defense, and Louis Erickson is not a defenseman. And he's 31 years old with concussion problems. And he had 30 goals once in his Bruins tenure. I'm sorry, you can't overextend yourself from Louis Erickson.
1: No, not when you're trying to sign Brad Martian, who they're probably inevitably going to resign. They're trying to get back Toy Krug. So,
0: we'll see. The draft's coming up. We'll see if Sweeney makes some moves in the draft. Uh, I want to touch on the draft just quickly here.
1: Yeah, isn't the draft next week?
0: This Friday. This Friday and Saturday, it's the NHL draft, and this is where moves go down. I mean, Sweeney made some moves last year. He traded Luchik. He traded Hamilton a few years back. You know, Vancouver traded Corey Schneider to the Devils. There's some always. There's always some action around the trade. I mean, around the draft. You know, the Bruins have two first round picks. I'm wondering if they're going to try and package them for a defenseman or what's going on here, but. The NHL draft is always an exciting time for NHL.
1: Yeah, they should package a 29 pick with something and do something like that.
0: Yeah, I just you can package that at 29, but I just don't know what you're going to get for that. I mean, you have to hope some team, you know, wants it, and you have to hope that you can get something in return for it. You know, I, I would say, like, you and I have talked about this team for quite some time. now. No, no one should be off limits. No one. So, except maybe Bergeron. Everyone else is, you know, Sorry, you're out. You're on the books. So, Don Tweeney gotta kind of get creative here, make some moves. There's also been some you know mock drafts. They have the Bruins taking, you know, Charlie McAvoy from BU with the first with the 14th overall pick. They you know they have Dante Fabro who's going to BU next year. Clayton Keller who was just with the NTDP. You know, everyone seems to have different mock drafts. No one seems. Did to you use- just
1: say Dante Fabro?
0: Yeah. Did I mess that up?
1: Because I remember there being a Fabro on the... Isn't there a Fabro on the St. Louis Blues? Fabry. Fabry. Okay, sorry. Uh, You're good. No, it's a, yeah, it's a
0: Faber, Uh He's going to be you next year. You know, there's Jake Bean, the defenseman, that seems to be linked to the Bruins. I mean, every mock draft you see, it's always someone different being drafted by the Bruins there. So, the NHL draft is obviously a tough one to, you know, to do. But every, all the reports I'm hearing seems to be the Bruins are focused on defense. And this is with the first overall pick. And rightfully so. The Bruins need to get better on defense. But... You know, if a, if a forward falls to them that they like and could be a difference maker for this team down the road. Take it. Take the forward. You
1: have lose this point. Yeah,
0: take the best available player. The player's going to be three or four years down, away anyways. Felger so and Nas
1: were discussing f- I Let me mean, off this. Felger and Nas were discussing this. You had Linus. Remember Linus Arneson?
0: Yeah, I don't even know. Like, what the hell is he doing with his life?
1: Like, what a bust on that pick, though. It's their first pick of the second round a few years ago. You yeah, haven't heard the name come up since.
0: No, you haven't. So I don't care about drafting a defenseman. Take the best rated player possible. Last year, when you had three first round picks, you drafted for need. You drafted, you know, a defenseman. You drafted, you know, a right winner. You drafted for need last year. And everyone was like baffled if the Bruins picked those players. So this year, you know what? Take the best player available. That's all you need to do. That's it.
1: At this point, you got nothing to lose by. You got a bunch of players in the system coming up. You're going to. They're going to have to find a way to utilize that system to their advantage.
0: Exactly. And you don't need to draft the defenseman. You don't. Draft the best player available. Let him blossom in your system. Like I said, he's still two or three years away anyway. you tell telling me you can't fix your defense in two or three years? Where that you have forwards coming up and your defense is all set? I mean, Don Sweeney got to find a way to figure this out. I don't have any faith in him right now. I really don't. But he's going to find a way to figure it out. P- take the best player available. but. There's definitely a lot of activity going on around the draft, and I guarantee you there'll be a few trades that we that we hear about and they're finalized, and you look at it and you say, oh, wow, about those trades. It happens every year. There's always something that goes down.
1: Oh, it happens all the time, not just in the draft, just all the time period. The names that you hear come up from the rumors, and then bang, something different comes up. But the one thing I'm going to say is, you know, Jimmy Murphy and Joe Haggerty seem to be on when it comes to the moves that are being made.
0: Yeah, they seem to be having their mojo kick in there. Seems to be... Pretty, pretty good with all those moves coming out. And the one thing I do want to talk about quickly is I forgot to mention is actually Joe Hagney had a report that the Bruins were interested in Dmitri Kulikov from Florida, or a defenseman there. And, you know, he's 25, 26 years old, the, the young guy. Top four defenseman. But you know what? This isn't an earth-shattering move for the Bruins. Like, you know, Kulikov he's an okay defenseman. I don't think he's anything special. And if Florida's willing to trade him within the division – that clearly means Florida doesn't view him as highly either. So I think this is a wrong thing for the Bruins to be doing if, if they actually pull this off as Kulikov because teams hardly trade within the division. You know They don't want to give one of their better players to a team within the division. They usually look to get, trade him out west or something like that. And if Kulikov comes to the Bruins, I just think it's like Florida doesn't care that he's on the Bruins.
1: See, I don't think that that's the player the Bruins will go after. I think, yes, it's a rumor that the Bruins are discussing it, but I think that they're just discussing it. I don't think they're, you know, like throwing poop at a fan. Um, it, it, it's just discussions, seeing what they can get, seeing what names they can, they can come out with. But I couldn't see them getting Kulikov.
0: I just don't think he'd be a right fit for this team. Like, I mean, yeah, his age-wise is like 25, like 26, but you don't look at Kulikov and say difference maker on defense. No, you don't. So I think if the Bruins get him, fine. I, I understand he's probably better than everything you have right now. But he's not going to change the culture of your defense.
1: No, it won't. It, it's going to take a lot to change the culture of the defense. Probably getting rid of Chara being one of them. But that's not going to happen. So I'm not going to even bring that up.
0: No, but also, like you said, so the NHL drafts this weekend, and also, as you said earlier, uh, expansion. The NHL has definitely decided to expand. We are 100% going to Las Vegas. Not for next year, but the year after. It seems like 2017, 2018, Vegas will be there. And we talked about the expansion draft and how it's going to work. There's no, nothing's been finalized yet about the draft, expansion draft. Um, I think they've, I think the teams we said they would find out more when the NHL draft starts. So we'll keep our eye out for that because obviously the expansion draft will have an impact on this Bruins team. And we talked about it before. There were reports that, You could save seven forwards, three defensemen, and one goalie. There are reports that you could just save seven players, whoever they are, and one goalie. You know, there's a lot of reports out there. Like you said earlier, there's reports that teams, players with no movement clauses cannot be taken in the expansion draft. Uh, But I think this is good for the NHL. In Vegas, the NHL is the first team to go to Las Vegas. They don't have any other sports there. And there's been reports that football is trying to go there and – I think it's, it's – why not? And obviously the NHL only has 30 – they have 30 teams. But we talked about this before too is how the divisions are not equal. There's 16 in the east. There's 14 in the west. So bringing in Vegas, you have 15 in the west, 16 in the east, and I think they're going to expand one more time and get another team in there, whether it's Quebec City or whether it's Seattle. And then boom, there, there you go. You have the even conferences and then even divisions, and there you go. So I think this is great for the NHL. The NHL is expanding to Vegas – and I think, why wouldn't you want to go travel to Vegas and go see, like, a Bruins play? You know what I mean? It's a great place to travel, so you can go watch a team play.
1: You know, you bring up, that's a good point. And it's the first, you know, professional sport that has a team in Vegas. But you've seen this in a lot of the other, you know, smaller versions of sports. Like, you saw the XFL when it started, which is, was the Extreme Football League. You do have these smaller teams that were in Vegas. And it would be great for Vegas to have the big professional sports team because it's a huge draw.
0: It is a huge trolley. Like, everyone obviously talks about traveling to Vegas anyways. And now you're telling me if you want to go in the winter, say in like uh, January, and your team's playing out there, it gives you a reason to go travel to Vegas for a few days and watch your team play and, you know, go to the casinos. And I'm sure it won't be that expensive.
1: No, in- exactly. Unless, unless,
0: sure. unless you are gambling your money away. That's a different story. But, I mean, to get out there and go to the Vegas Bruins game, I don't think it's going to be that expensive.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll be excited to see the Vegas play the Bruins for the first time at home. That'll be a game that I want to go to next that next year. that would be the first game I choose to go to is Vegas versus Boston. That's
0: just cool to have an expanded team. Now, hopefully it works out because obviously they've, they've expanded teams before, like to Atlanta. Obviously, it hasn't worked out. Carolina's kind of struggling right now. You don't know what's going to happen with them. So, NHL franchises in the past have not worked. So, hopefully Vegas works out. But I think it's a step in the right direction for the NHL to expand to Vegas.
1: No, it is. You know, worst comes worst. If Vegas doesn't work out, they'll just do what they usually do and move the team somewhere else.
0: Yeah, like relocate it, kind of like how Winnipeg has a team now. Yes,
1: I was thinking that specifically, like Atlanta moved to Winnipeg. So.
0: Yeah, I think it's been a great move because Winnipeg, you know, sells out pretty much every day, and
1: it's a great hockey market. Yeah.
0: So hopefully Vegas works out, but if it doesn't, I guarantee, like you said, they'll just relocate it. All right, we tried it, didn't work. We'll move it to a different city. Like Quebec or Seattle or,
1: I think Seattle would be a good place for a hockey market.
0: I think it would too be out west up north. I think would, and they I think they would develop a great rivalry with Vancouver because Vancouver is pretty close to it, and Seattle's a good sports town. You know they ha- they have, uh, MLS team that they're passionate about. Obviously they have the Seahawks. They have, you know, the Mariners, they have they have the Mariners now. I mean I think Seattle's a good market to be in. So I think if the NHL looks is and because it's out west. It's kind of chilly up there, and I just think they would. I think Seattle fans would embrace it with open arms.
1: Oh, I absolutely think they would. I think it would be great for that city.
0: Yeah, so hopefully the next one's Seattle, but I I, I just think the next one's gonna be Quebec City. I just don't think the NHL can not give Quebec deny, City. A they they can't
1: deny Quebec City. That would be a mistake.
0: Yeah, and I think I think it would cause riots if they did that.
1: Yeah, I agree with that completely.
0: But like you said, I, I I've been pushing for Seattle. I think Seattle would, would be the best place for it. But you know, they went to Vegas, so I'm not gonna complain. Let's let's see how Vegas does.
1: Yeah, I mean what's the worst that could happen? Vegas struggles and they move the team from Vegas to Seattle.
0: Yeah. That's it. Nothing crazy.
1: I could see that happening.
0: Definitely could see that happening and um Let's talk I just wanna to touch on the you know some around the NHL news Jason that's been uh, getting out there. Uh Pavel Datsyuk officially announced he is going back to Russia. That is crazy. So Pavel Datsyuk's career in the NHL is over. He will not be part of the Detroit Red Wings next year. And the one thing that you have to keep an eye on is Detroit trying to trade his contract. He is making like close to $7 million, I believe, next year on his contract. If Detroit trades his contract, that means they'll have the cap space. There are reports that they're going to try and trade him to get to take a run at Stephen Stamkos to kind of replace Datsuk as that center to take over the Reigns. And uh, Detroit seems to be pretty active right now. And I feel bad for them that is leaving. Datsuk was a great player to watch. Great NHL career. He will probably be a Hall of Famer when his time is up. But So it's a tough blow for the NHL, tough blow for the Detroit, but I wish Pabal Datsuk all the best in whatever he does in the future.
1: I saw an update this morning, and I know that you probably were just waking up when it came up, but Detroit's kind of already said they're not gonna be able to trade the contract.
0: They're not gonna be, you said?
1: It's gonna be hard to do.
0: Is that that's what's floating around right now? Yes. Well, Chicago kind of did the same thing when they traded Bickle. and they gave up Teravainen with it. Because so I feel like when you get because Bickle was definitely a salary dump because Chicago wasn't playing him last year. You know he was scratched throughout the whole pretty much the whole season. So I feel like if Detroit wanted to give him up, they would have to give up like a piece like Vinon, you know, a younger piece to. To go with it, I think if they like a
1: Jerko, like a Tomas Jerko or, or Polkanen, one of those kinds of players, they were to do it. But Detroit's gonna have a hard time doing it with that big of a contract.
0: Yeah, and I feel like if you package it, it would be a lot easier. It would be a lot easier to trade.
1: I mean, look at what Florida did with um. It's gonna smart be hard, yeah, because he definitely makes
0: more, but. Yeah, but you're telling me you can't find, like, Phoenix. Phoenix wouldn't take his contract. Like, Phoenix doesn't have to pay that much. Be players. Carolina. Carolina just took on Bickle. So, but now you have to be creative. Look to the teams that don't have a lot of money. Or, like, are kind of at the bottom of the league and don't have big salaries.
1: Not exactly. That's why it's I doable. think that it, it's do It's doable, but it's going to be hard. But from what Detroit's saying, it's going to be hard to do. That's
0: going to be hard to do. And also... Uh some stuff going on here is that like we talked about earlier, Simi Votnin has re-signed with the Anaheim Ducks. And Simi Votnin has been linked to the Bruins to be a defensive replacement for whoever to upgrade the defense. Uh another thing that we didn't even mention a defendant defense is Golagowski was traded who's going to be an unrestricted free agent. His rights were traded to Phoenix for a fifth round pick. So Golgowski said he's up for anything. But if he signs him, Phoenix has the first contract negotiating rights with them. So if Phoenix signs him, there's another defenseman off the market. As you said earlier, you have Tyson Barry. Joe Sagan pretty much said they're not trading him. You know, Winnipeg GM said they're not shopping Truba. Uh There just seems to be limited amounts of defensemen that are going to be available for the Bruins when, you know, free agency and the draft comes along.
1: The Bruins are going to have to get creative and... There's not What we what we as fans hope for from what we hear is not going to happen. It's time. And I'm one of those people who's accepted it long before it's happened already. I could see it the way it is. You have these young defensemen, teams try to keep them. The only reason they don't try to keep them is if they can't work out a contract.
0: But you just look at it and you say, what are the Bruins going to do now? What are they going to do?
1: There's not much they can do. I'd be shocked. They're going to have to pull something out that nobody expects.
0: You have to have to pull out something that no one expects. And... I don't see what I don't see it happening. I mean, I, you know, you have Keith Yandel's being talked about as the big free agent, but is Keith Yandel really going to make the Bruins defense that much better? Look, I get. It. I,
1: I haven't heard Keith Yandel's name once in the last week with him coming to Boston, even if he is a free no, agent.
0: No, I know. So. I'm I'm just saying in general, he's the most, he's going to be the number one defenseman on the market, and
1: he's not going to do much for the team.
0: Exactly. I mean, I think he's a good player. I would take him on the Bruins in a heartbeat. I'm just saying he's not. A number one, number two defenseman that you look at and say, "Boom! There's a guy that's going to play twenty minutes a night in the playoffs and, and block shots and play defense and offense." I just don't see that.
1: The issue with the Bruins is the fact that they, with the position they're in, they need to develop their players and they need to develop them the right way. It's really that's their only hope at the moment in my in my mind from what I see. They need to develop their players.
0: Yeah, they do, and then some other stuff around that. The NHL too is Cam Ward, re-signed in Carolina for two years. That
1: was a surprise. That's a really good surprise. Expecting that. I wasn't
0: expecting that either. I don't think Cam Ward deserves that money. But you know what? He did win a cup in Carolina. Carolina probably he's probably one of their most notable notable players. They did they did just trade Eric Stahl last year, so I feel like they wanted to keep Ward, keep something from their cup run that fans could gravitate towards. But I mean, Cam Ward has lost it. I mean, I don't think that he he's going to be anything for them. You know, the Blues re-signed Demetri Yaskin for two years. And I think it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on the Blues because David Baggins is an unrestricted free agent. You have, um, you know, Shattenkirk pretty much being chopped around, it seems like. I think a Blues are a team to keep I an have eye on.
1: more news on the Blues, too, that I don't think you realize. What's up? Um, it's going to be Ken Hitchcock's last year, and they, had, they hired another, their assistant coach. I don't remember the name. Oh, Mike
0: Yeo, uh, the former Mike World. Yeo to yeah. succeed him. Former Wild coach, so, yeah, it's Hitchcock's last year. Maybe that gives the Blues more incentive to, you know, kind of win it for Hitchcock, you know, go out with a bang, per se. But I think the Blues are a team to keep an eye on with what they they got going on. Because, you know...
1: And you don't see too many teams with a succession plan.
0: No, you don't. But they have one.
1: Which makes it interesting. And it shows that the Blues are going to be a contender for a while.
0: I don't know about a while, but it shows that they're trying to do everything they can to compete.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's what's gonna make it interesting for sure.
0: And another, I think this was a pretty big news too. Was the Los Angeles Kings stripped Dustin John, I mean Dustin Brown of his of his captaincy, and they put it on Andre Kopitar. You you saw the San Jose Sharks do this with Joe Thornton, but the Sharks kind of struggled and they weren't really they were it made the playoffs, but they didn't win the cup. LA's won two cups under Dustin Brown as the captain. I mean I understand what they want to do in Kopitar. But you look at it and you kind of say, wow, as like, it happened, it was kind of like a shock because you didn't see it coming. I and mean, I know Dustin Brown does have a pretty big contract for Los Angeles to deal with, but I, I understand why they're putting it on Kovatar. It's just, you know, they competed last year. They've been competing every year for the past, you know, four or five years. You just don't seem to understand why they would ship a captaincy from the captain that, that's won two cups with you, you know, that you compete every year.
1: It just makes me wonder if Dustin Brown's going to be on the market.
0: Probably, but his contract's outrageous.
1: Exactly. I mean, the contracts always play a role, but if he's on the, he's, he's on the market, there are teams that will still take him.
0: I'm not sure. His contract's pretty high, but I'm sure there's some teams that will take him. But L.A. will have to pay some money towards it, kind of like what the Bruins did with Lucic. The, Bru- the Bruins paid a little bit of Lucic's contract to trade him to L.A. And speaking of Milan Lucic, this rumor reports that you know, he's trying to work out a deal with LA, but he could hit the market. And it seems to be like the West Coast teams want him, like Vancouver. You know, there's a former, that's where Ruchi grew up, was Vancouver. Former Bruins GM Benning is the GM for Vancouver now. Edmonton's been rumored. Obviously, Peter Shirelli's up in Edmonton. So those two teams seem to be, you know, trying. All right. So, so speaking of Milan, we. I think it's going to be fascinating to see what goes on with Milan Lucic. Obviously, the Kings are trying to re-sign him to a contract. Lucic had, you know, a lot of success. He he was a good fit. Ellis style. the Bruins played a few years back. But if Lucic gets the market, there seems to be a lot of Western Conference teams that will be kicking the tires on Lucic and trying to re-sign him. You know, you have Vancouver, where Lucic grew up, and, you know, former Bruins assistant GM. Jim is the GM, so I take him the that Edmonton would look into. Milan Lucic, obviously, Peter Shirelli is the GM up there in Edmonton. Edmonton, I feel like could use a big big body, you know, all those young, talented, skilled players they have at Edmonton. So I think Milan Lucic is going to be back to watch going free agency.
1: Yeah, no, he'll definitely be the player that they go for in free, in free agency for sure. A lot of the teams will go for him. I mean, I can see the Sharks going for a player of his toughness. I
0: think I think it's going to be fascinating to see what Lucci does. Obviously, you know, he's won a cup, so, like, you know, he's not I – Jimmy. Mean, obviously, you want to, uh, a situation where that's good for you to, to compete for a Stanley cup but I don't think his number one goal is, you know, go for the best. And I think Lucci's going to be fascinating as a for agency.
1: Absolutely. I agree completely.
0: Also, you look at uh, the Calgary Flames just recently, uh, re- not re signed, they signed a new coach, Kalutin, uh, as the new coach. And at Calgary, I don't know much about them, but it'll be interesting to see how the Flames do with them because, you know, some teams changed their, you know, coaches this year, you know, Sharks, Penguins, and made the cup. So, what well, is the how Calgary made the playoffs two years ago, but did not. Obviously, last year they were. Maybe this coach can try and help change the importance looking into the flames too much because I don't think they have a goalie. I think the defense are kind of weak, but that's what the plans are doing. And that's where the flames are at. Also, so, interesting to point out here is that Jonathan Drewin withdraws his trade request. I wonder because he played him uh, Tampa. I put in the playoffs. him played well, and it seems that Tampa Bay, you know, it put him in the role that he wants to be in. So it's interesting how Jonathan drew has withdrew his trade request.
1: No, um, that's that's what's gonna make it very interesting. You know, it's, we're heading in for an interesting offseason in the NHL. It's definitely, be interesting. You
0: know, you have the at the draft coming up. You have free agents coming up. Free agents coming up. And it, it seems that the cap, the, the cap situation is not ideal. Jimmy Murphy talked about it last week.
1: Yeah, I know he he did, and like I said, it's. A lot of things going to have to happen if, you know, for what we hope for the Bruins is that, is that they make the right moves. And you just have to wonder what's going to happen for Boston.
0: Yeah, and you see teams trying to trade the cap space pretty much. Like I said, Chicago traded Bickle. You have Dattu trying I mean, you have the Bruins trying to trade Datsuk, The Bruins with Seinberger. It seems like teams are trying to get cap space and give up some cap space. And, you know, what? I think the best thing to do moving forward for any team is to – Sign core players like the Bruins did with Bergeron, like the child did with, with Taze and Kane and just keep bringing – Yes. Yeah, there were a player like Pittsburgh they you know, they had Latane. Crosby, Malkin, Tessel, as their big guys. and players like Sherry, they had Rust, they had Tumlin, Murray. That's the recipe for success in the NHL nowadays with the hard cap in the NHL. It's going to be tough for teams to maneuver around the hard cap. And if the cap goes down, it's going to be more pl- teams, more players being moved. So... Gonna yeah, be no, it's going to be...
1: It's going to be almost impossible for our teams to maneuver the cap if the cap goes down.
0: Yeah. Big, big week this week for the Bruins and for the rest of the NHL draft starts. At the end of this week, free agency starts July 1st. But, you know, we'll be back on Sunday giving you the show next week. Hopefully, the Bruins can potentially. You uh, have draft picks, you have. Draft picks. Hopefully, something goes down for us to talk about next week. But NHL draft is always an exciting time for the NHL. So, this is a good time to tune in to all the news. We'll give you our crazy all the news. we we'll all the NHL news. So, good time for you, fans, and, uh, to be an NHL fan tune into this podcast. But that'll wrap up our edition of Bruins Beat this week for CLNS Radio. Don't forget to follow myself and Jason on Twitter. We always get engaged with our. Our listeners on Twitter and have the baseball hockey. I'm at Mike of 22. He's at Jason Buckley 91. You can also follow our Bruins Beat Twitter account at, at Bruins Score Beat. Uh, you can also find go to clnsradio.com. You can have, find all information you want. I know I've, I've talked to a few people through Twitter that have been looking for all Bruins. I mean all Boston sports teams podcasts. And if you go to CLS Radio, we have a podcast for all sports. You can also find us on iTunes, right?
1: Yes, you can find us iTunes at Boston Bruins Beat Podcast. You can find us on Stitcher. Also, you know, find us on, if you, if you find us on iTunes, please please feel free to rate us and leave a review. Uh the reviews help the show. It helps engage and bring listeners. If you really enjoy the show, we yes, really and we will, appreciate and we
0: will, it. And we will, and we will read, and we will read your review on on the show. We did read a review from La uh, Joe, I believe, that gave us the review on the uh, iTunes. So if you want to leave us a review. You know, even if you have a bad review, give us one. We don't care.
1: We'll still read it.
0: Yeah, we'll still read it. And you know what? It'll help us get better and help. Hopefully, you come back and listen to the show, and we improve for you. We're all about getting, uh, you know, fans involved in this show. We have a, uh, we had a great guest last week with Jimmy Murphy. We're gonna have a few, few more guests coming up in the next coming weeks or so. We have Kevin Majority, and we're
1: gonna be bringing Kevin on full time starting next week.
0: Next week, we'll be joined by Kevin. We'll also have. A few- few guests coming up for the next upcoming shows. I want to get, you know, some people to talk about the Bruins on this show. You know, I feel like in the season, it's the best time to get some guests on the show. So that's what we'll be doing. And we'll talk to you next week. Go Bruins. Go Bruins.